Is there any better feeling than getting paid for something you absolutely love doing that's fun? Well, if so, you need to check out Money Master's Guide, Game Mastering for Fun and Profit by RJ Productions. The Money Master's Guide shows you several ways to pivot your already creative skills as a game master into a profitable side hustle. In today's world, everyone needs just a little side money to help make ends meet. Why not find ways to use your gaming hobby to help pay those bills? With Money Master's Guide, you'll look at many different paths and actionable activities that you can do to help put you on the path to becoming a money master. Visit rebrand.ly Money Master's Guide now and start rolling in the dough. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy Unearthed Tips and Tricks. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I am your co-host, Brandon and Damien. (laughs) Oh, this baby's so adorable. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Tonight, we've got some really great stuff for you. Our monster variant is the Arctic Gnome Tinkerer. A.K.A. Papa Smurf gonna whoop that ass. Whoa, whoa, whoop that ass, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> it totally looks like him <laughs> so the origin stat block for this thing is going to be the imp it's a cr1 it's going to lose its shape changer it's devil sight it's sting it's invisibility um and probably fly uh, the new features we're going to give it obviously uh we're going arctic here so it's going to have cold which is great we're going to give it the gnome cunning which gives us the advantage on saving throws, um, dark vision, tinker tools, proficiencies. Here's where it gets interesting. We're giving him ice walk so he can battle against enemies, swoop down and, and not have to worry about slipping on ice because they're experts, right? We're going to give it a frost brand battle axe. So not only does it do regular slashing damage, it also does 2d6 cold damage on top of it. If you're a dungeon master, this is an opportunity to introduce the frost brand weapon to a player that may want to freeze them in hell. Now, of course, because he's ice-based, we're not giving him fireball. We're not giving him rocks. We're giving him snowballs to throw at people, right? So they get to make me. a <laughs> make range spell attacks. Um, and it does. Uh, it does. If they are fighting, if they're hit with it while standing on snow or water, their movement is reduced by half um, for one round. I realize it doesn't actually say that here. Um, and then this is where the tinkerer gets fun, dude. Really, it's going to be a yeah, <laughs> it's going to be able to create a frigid construct. The Ar- the Arctic gnome targets a pile of snow within 10 feet uh, <laughs> of an unoccupied space uh, that creates a homunculus uh, stat block made of snow that does cold damage instead of poison damage. The construct is under the gnome's control and the gnome can have no more than three under the control at a time. What do you boys think about that? It's a fucking snowman. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Well, it is getting that time, right? Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. No, I, uh, I told my players I was going to hold, like, a Yule uh, Christmas event like I did with Halloween. And I'm looking for monsters to point into, like, this snowy complex or whatever. This is a really good one. 
we wrote, uh, uh, I wrote one a long time ago with one of our patrons that actually has like a sing-along opening. Uh, oh my God. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is, there is Frosty. Um, what do you think, Ian? Just the fact that this one gnome can suddenly make its own party and so I'd be that much more dangerous is awesome. <laughs> Especially if the gnome knows the place are coming and has prep time. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, it is worth noting that when I published this to our patrons, I didn't. I made them any alignment, um, and I do talk about how they are roaming tinkerers and like to fix stuff. So they're typically pretty good. Sure. Um, but uh, they can be pretty douchey if they want to be, especially being able to create their own snowman armies. Um, so yeah, they'll do it for our monster, the Arctic Tinkerer gnome. I I just don't like the other artwork that you used. It's, you don't it's like my artwork? Me, it's gonna give me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Papa. <laughs> Come to Papa. Yeah, Alicia put that up. That's pretty funny. Uh all right. Uh Brandon, oh, would you like to tell us about our encounter? Uh our encounter uh this week is laughter is not the best medicine. <laughs> uh Finny, a dwarf priest seeks a group of adventurers to recover a powerful artifact stolen from his temple. The item is a gift from the temple's deity, a staff of healing. Ooh. Upon tracking down the staff, they find it in the hands of pirates of the Azure Sea. Azure means blue. Yes, it does. <laughs> the, the pirates, led by pirate captain, the, that's the stat blocker we'll be using, uh, Brine. However, if the party should engage in diplomacy with Brine, the party soon finds themselves facing a moral quandary. Nala. Brian's sister is suffering from cackle fever. Is that a real disease? What? Is that, is that a real disease in D&D? &D? Mm -hmm. Oh. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Because they, were, because they were criminals, they could not seek help from the temples. That makes sense. Uh, so they stole the staff. <laughs> Unfortunately, Brian's ignorance won't save her sister. Uh, the staff can only use lesser restoration which can only cure short-term madness. As Nala suffers from indefinite madness, the staff alone is not enough. Ooh, what do you guys think? Making them do more work to solve the villain's problems? Go! Yeah. <laughs> short-term madness. Would you would you say that like less restoration could cure the indefinite madness for like an hour, but then it just like fades? No. No, nope. so it's, you, it's just uh, not at all. I wouldn't. You need greater restoration or some sort of special ritual to, to do do that. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes it interesting, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Because they just went through all of this trouble to get this item that's not actually going to do what they need. But depending on what level you throw your players at, one of them might be able to. But and, are they willing? And they're, and they're pirates, too. So they might have plundered goods that could be bartered. Yeah. Saying... Or they might have murdered people, and if you're supposed to be heroes, like, and there's a lot of uh, uh, yeah, quandary there, right? So, um, I definitely think it's interesting. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the players didn't actually take the staff back to the priests, because players are douchey like that. But I think it's interesting to yeah. give them a powerful <laughs> magic item that they're then supposed to give back to somebody. Because um, I think that that puts a little bit of, uh, well, what kind of heroes are we? You know what I mean? 
the, yeah. the a cleric or something that would want to get use out of this, and maybe a druid might be wanting to take it back. But I can see the roguelike, hey, why take it back? They were just letting it sit in there anyway. Here, you know how many people <laughs> you could help? Like, imagine if I got stabbed in the back. You could be right there to take care of me. But not if you give it back. Nope, not if you don't give it back. Give me a persuasion roll. Anything else on this? It's a good one. Uh, I like the idea. Nope. <laughs> That'll do it for our encounter. Laughter is not the best medicine. Ian, would you like That's to tell us about our magic item that comes from the second Black Dawn 5e adventure? If you've not picked this up, you need to. This is one of my favorite adventures. Uh, it's really, really well done. We have the Candelabra of Candor. It is a uncommon, wondrous item, and it requires attunement. When all the candles in this eight-armed candelabra of pure gold are lit, it creates a 15-foot sphere emanating a zone of truth, as in the spell, centered on the candelabra. The effect lasts as long as the candles remain lit, and the candles themselves last about eight hours if not extinguished. Once the candles are extinguished, the effect ends and cannot be used again until the next dusk. New candles can replace the old ones when the old ones are used up, as the magic lies within the candelabra itself, not the candles. <laughs> what do you guys think about this? I, I find it interesting that something just requires attunement, but it still can be a useful tool nonetheless. I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um... I really like this because um, something that we don't see enough of in more common adventures is magic used to ensure equality. So mm -hmm. merchants can easily have the wool pulled over their eyes by a cheeky spellcaster. But with an uncommon magic item like this, uh, as, it's, as it's uncommon, can make it so that they can't do spells and be dishonest while trying to purchase for purchase goods. Though I can totally see a douchey uh, merchant putting it right at the door, so everyone on one side of the bar has to be honest, but not the other side. <laughs> yep. What do you think, Brandon? I like this specifically because <laughs> once the players realize that uh, they cannot lie, or they're starting to feel like, oh, there's a spell in here. Um, they're not going to be able to easily discover what's doing this. They're going to be looking for like some sort of an orb or a a glowing magical item sitting next next uh, yeah, next not, to a uh, merchant or something. They're not going to be looking for a, not a bunch of candles. Right, nope. for sure, for sure. That's actually that I love how inno uh, what is it, innocuous is that is the is that the right term? How uh, uh hidden? Yeah, innocuous. like it's just hidden in plain sight, right? Um, I really like that, and I like stuff that um, is used for more than just blowing shit up, <laughs> which is usually what most of the magic items on the show are about. <laughs> I think another use you can get out of this is uh, intimidation in such a way. He says it's got eight candles, right? What mm -hmm. if uh, you are telling somebody who you're trying to interrogate, it's like, we're going to give you a chance, okay? If you don't tell us the truth, we're going to do harm to you or something. And maybe, like, as you're slowly lighting the candles, every time you light one, that, that arcane power can be felt getting heavier and heavier. The person doesn't <laughs> know what it is until you finally light that eighth candle and it's just like, shit. 
I'm going to get you one way or another. I really, I, I think that that's really interesting. I never thought I thought of anything like that. I also just think it'd be funny carrying one of these things around and just listening to people stop in the middle of conversation and say, well, yes, you know, this item is absolutely half the price I'm trying to sell it to you for. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be so much fun. All right, that'll do that'd it for our magic. Town guard. Oh, yeah, just go, carrying that around instead to, of a torch. From door, door to door. <laughs> hey, were you here last night? No. Okay, cool. Were you here last night? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I like that, giving them little tiny candelabras of condor, but they're little torches of honesty with that, like, five feet, and they just they go and interrogate people with them. Ooh, that's got the that's got the makings of uh, uh like those clerics that want to you know kill all arcane casters. Can you cast magic? Uh, y- y- yes. Oh, damn. <laughs> all right, <laughs> that'll do it for our magic item, the candelabra of condor. Um, if you enjoy our show and you'd like to uh, and you want to help support us and keep the content going, this show does take a lot of work. Please consider joining us on Patreon. We offer a number of uh, rewards at all tiers um, for all price ranges that can best fit your budget to help keep the show going as long as we can. You can head on over to patreon.com slash crit academy and, and check out some of the rewards and see what you like. Uh, our dungeon master tip of the podcast is campaign lists. Now, keeping track of what's going on in your campaign can be tough, right? Uh. Keep the story of the adventure and the whole campaign in mind and keep it in a list of things that can happen to drive the story forward. If the adventurers decide to wander off in an unexpected you know, place, you might end up missing one of the prepared maps or some random encounters pull something off your campaign list and tie the whole excursion to the broader story. Um, Sometimes we forget when players go west, when we want them to go any of the other three directions Uh that we forget to find, uh, to try and tie it back to our adventure. As we mentioned in our main topic, the adventure structure, when they do that, make sure you have a list of things um, kind of prepared ahead of time in case things go wrong. Right, you can have short little detailed plans of if they go somewhere else, how can you tie it back? Um, and a short little list is a really, really great way to do it. Even if it's just like a random encounter that might happen along the roads where they spot, you know, they they decide to go west, and you wanted them to go every other direction. They're camping, and you know, maybe there's a couple lights passing by that might draw their attention, and they might snoop up and just hear a discussion between, you know. Uh, a set of guards from a neighboring, you know, kingdom that or you're at warfare with, right? It ties it to the fact that your overall story's got this war going on, but it's not really a direct, you know, um, a direct uh, decision that they made to run into it. It's just kind of a passive event. Um, and by tying them, then that feels like you're not wasting as much time doing random stuff, especially if you can kind of control the flow of the story. What do you guys think? I think it's also a good point, too, that you're not going to think of everything as a DM as hard as you try. <laughs> yeah. So but that doesn't mean you can't document all the possibilities, because even if they don't do them now, that doesn't mean you can't revisit them later. That's true. I like that. I, 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 try to, I try to keep track of what the players do, and 
it's difficult, especially when you ad lib most of it. <laughs> yeah, that's why you it's need to keep, to even if it's just a little list of key point bullet points, right? Mm-hmm. That's, so. that's usually what I do is uh, in a notebook. Um, mm-hmm. I use the notebook for keep track of initiative and all that stuff and some names. And on the back of the notebook, on the back pages, I write down the session, so-and-so. This is a gist of what happened. That's, yeah. that's the most I can really do. And and being able to tie even just a single element to an ongoing stories will actually build the player's confidence that you actually had the whole thing planned out no matter what they did. Um, just because it's connected in one capacity. So. Keep that keep that in line, uh, uh, in mind, and a short list of oh shit, well this is going here now, uh, <laughs> and roll with it. Yep, <laughs> roll with it. Yeah, always a good tip because it's always kind of interesting to, to read your old notes and go, oh, I can touch on this again. Yeah, absolutely. That is such a, a, a great addition to that. Um, yes, things I've... that may have been passing before might be able to come up, right? Mm-hmm. So I've written, I've written a lot of things down that the players talked about, like oh what if this happened, what if that happened, the whole the whole oh it's there now type thing. Mm-hmm. I I have like two pages dedicated to stuff that they've said that I'm gonna put in the game at some point. That's awesome. Always makes them feel really great too. It's like oh <laughs> I talked about this, I knew this was gonna happen, but you never tell them that you made it up, right? No. Uh, or that you stole it from them. <laughs> like they got an NPC that they're loving right now. His name is uh Merlewood, and he's this crazy old uh wizard who lives in a janitor's closet. That teleports to a, 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 a sanctum out in the astral plane, which is where he lives. Bunch of magic items and stuff. And he's crazy, but he's a very helpful NPC and they love him. And so he's like, got what? a closet of Narnia in there? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's, awesome. got this little, he's got this little magic doorknob that he puts on any wall. And when he opens it, it opens to his thing. And he just oh, that's cool. Nice. But, uh, do you ever do you ever see that uh, short flick? Uh, the room was a lot like that. They had a key. They stick it in a door and think about where they want to go. And it just as long as there's a door there, it goes there. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, it's really good. But one of them said, "It turns out that uh, Marl is a a villain." They're like, "Would you shut up?" It's like, "Ah, it's just a joke." And I'm sitting there behind the screen going, "That's a good idea." <laughs> How can I do this? <laughs> so yeah, it'll happen eventually. Maybe he'll be the next guy. That's great. All right. That'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Campaign lists. Tie that shit together. I bet that'll work really well with Obsidian. Yes, yeah. that's what Obsidian is designed for. If you're not using Obsidian as a Dungeon Master, you are Obsidian Portal, out. yeah. No, not Obsidian Portal. Oh. The program, Obsidian. Obsidian, Obsidian.md. It basically creates like a balloon of connecting masses together. And you can relate, link everything together. Mm. And you can, like, zoom out, and it looks like it's it's crazy. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't, don't be, be a, a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by being the moon web-slinger power. Damn. When it comes to combat in D&D, some players seek to optimize pure damage output. This often leads more tactical aspects of the game on the table on the table as a circle of the moon druid you can create particularly powerful tactical combo using the fog cloud spell um, which basically pretty much can blind anyone inside of it right which means disadvantage on attacks 
Yep. Um, if you then shape into a creature with blind sight, such as a giant spider or ice ice queen, ice spider queen, you can see 10, 10 feet with zero problems because you have blind sight. This basically allows you to attack with advantage as well as retreat without provoking opportunity attacks. Now, I'm sure you'll want to bring your party and your friends along and they can't see in there either, but you can go in and drag out one or two enemies out of the fog at a time with your allies and their actions readied. So as soon as the enemy exits, <laughs> bam, they're Come all mauled. <laughs> and fog You're is welcome. not the only option to use this with. You can also use like darkness, for example, too. There's yep. a few ways you can execute this plan. That's a good one. Yes. Um, especially if you got somebody that does can see in the darkness and that can kind of offset it. But yep. this is definitely uh, what's really cool is you can web spider spider web everything in the area and then they can't leave. So now they can't see and they just slowly die. What do you guys think? That's, that's smart. A one. That's that's a really smart play. Yeah. You just walk into you gotta, the, you gotta be go to the fall cloud. And just like, gotcha, bitch. And you drag them out. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> And that and the enemies don't see nothing. They just hear the flailing and dying dying wails of their allies. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. The ready to action, I think, uh works really, really well in a situation just like this though. Yeah. If you can get everyone that. on oh, board. Yeah. So um anything you'd like to add to this? I mean it's a straightforward tactic, so I like it. And it promotes yep. teamwork. Yeah. That's fucking teamwork. <laughs> Which we need more of. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't be a dick. And you can avoid dickitude with moon web slinging power. Activate. <laughs> Don't be make up. Make <laughs> up. <laughs> there we um, go. If you enjoyed the show Same and you want to support moon. us, please visit us at CritAcademy.com. Yeah. Uh, check out some of our best selling content. Pick some up, share it with your friends. If you want to uh, help us grow, please consider taking one of the clips from our show and sharing it to your favorite, you know, Facebook group, Twitter group, whatever. Help uh, Reddit posts if you do that sort of thing. As uh, people still do Reddit, I guess mostly ain't mostly angry people, as far as I can tell. But um, <laughs> anything you can do to help us uh, reach a bigger audience, uh, we would appreciate it. Um, follow us on social media watch us on youtube subscribe i'll bash all that stuff in that'll do it for our show today i'm your host justin i'm your co-host ian i'm your co-host brandon thanks for listening keep your blade sharp and spells prepared heroes. heroes